Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When we can find happiness from the inside out, we do not have to stitch together outside things anymore to be happy. And there is a process that people go through where you come in and you get 100% of your happiness from the outside. And then as you start to learn about yourself, maybe 10% of your happiness comes from the inside and 90% comes from the outside. And you just slowly begin to shift from external to internal happiness. Because when you can make that shift, we have an unlimited amount of happiness that comes from the inside out. We just have to find it. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Welcome to another episode of the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. This is your host. My name is Tyler Martin. My goal for this show is to help you, the business owner, scale and grow your business. I truly believe business owners are often just a couple puzzle pieces away from building the business of their dreams. Today's topic is around happiness and mental health. Now, wait, before you dismiss this topic, this is a real issue for many, if not most, business owners and entrepreneurs. The struggle to scale a business is real, and it causes a tax on us. We often get out of alignment of what really makes us happy and have a healthy mental balance. Our guest in this episode is GV Freedom. GV is a self-awareness coach for entrepreneurs and executives. For over 20 years, he has helped entrepreneurs launch and grow their companies. In parallel, for the past 15 years, he's been doing his own deep inner work. Now he teaches other entrepreneurs how to be both successful and happy at the same time. According to GV, mental health is everything, especially for entrepreneurs. That's why it's essential to put more focus on entrepreneur self-care and well-being. In this episode, we talk about the importance of finding time for self-care as an entrepreneur, why your happiness depends on the stories you tell yourself, how to develop a healthier relationship with your business, and finally, why spirituality is vital for living a happy and successful life. If you're feeling like your business is taking over your life or that you don't have the time to take care of yourself, then this episode is for you. Let's chat with GV. Hey, GV, thanks so much for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I got to be honest. I'm super excited to talk with you. You and I had the pleasure of having a short conversation and you were really open and candid about your journey. And I think we're about to impact people's lives by some things that you've gone through in your life. So what I'd like to start with is maybe you could just tell us a little bit about you and what you do now. So first of all, thanks for uh, kind of opening the space to have a real conversation. I think that so many entrepreneurs, 
executives, founders, we have this expectation not only for ourselves, sometimes for our parents, sometimes for our employees, that we have to sort of act a certain way. And I love to sort of take the shine off of that. And and that's sort of what I do today. I have spent the better part of 15 years working on myself. Uh, I spent the better part of 20 plus years in corporate marketing and product development and, and sales. And today I've sort of merged those two things together. And I really try and help founders, entrepreneurs, and executives learn how to be successful and happy, but at the same time. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I, our topic of mindset, just super excited to talk about. But before I get there, I wanted to talk about your story, like your journey. I know you had some trials and tribulations and it started at a young age. Hmm. Can you take us back to when you were, I think, early teens? Just take us through that story of what got you here. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think that what got me here, what happened essentially when I was 14 is in large part why I'm doing what I'm doing today. It just took me 20 plus years to figure it out. But I grew up in a tiny little town in the middle of central Nebraska. At probably the ages of 11 or 12, I started to realize that I felt a little different. I wasn't really sure what it was called back then. At the age of 13, I ended up being outed as a gay kid, again, in the middle of a little town in central Nebraska. And at the time, I was starting offense and defense on the varsity football team. And I got the crap beaten out of me on the football field. I got bullied in in locker rooms and pushed around in hallways. And it was my whole sophomore year was incredibly challenging. And really, I it was we were still in a year where you just didn't come out and say, oh, well, this is who I am. So I hid all of that. And really, that hiding process was what kind of began a really long 15-year journey of sort of hiding my feelings and, and doing that through the abuse of substances of many kinds. But I ended up uh, leaving my junior year. At 15 years old, I moved to Belgium to be a foreign exchange student. I, I picked up and I went to a place that I'd never been to just to escape what was happening in my real life. And I spent 11 months over there. I came back, I finished high school, went to college for a few years. I then became a DJ on a cruise ship. <laughs> uh, for another two and a half years, I had been a DJ for almost 15 years. And then after, after that, I came back and, and I started to realize kind of what I wanted to do in this world. And uh, that started in corporate marketing, um, digital marketing. I created a digital agency probably in 2002. We didn't even have a name for it back then. And I did that for the better part of 20 years. And you know, in parallel, starting in 2007, I quit drinking. In 2012, I found therapy and then yoga and yoga led me to shamanism and shamanism led me into Vedanta. And since 2007, it's been a true like spiritual tourism. I've really played with a lot of different things, all in the spirit of getting to know myself and understanding how I tick a little bit better. Yeah. Now, while you were going through some of these aspects of therapy and yoga, were you also doing the sales and marketing aspect? Yeah. Too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, how is that? Because generally when I think like sales and marketing, I think pretty intense, pretty high pressure. How are those worlds existing? I mean, they in large part, it was a bit of a balancing act without all of the therapy and yoga and meditation and all of that stuff. I would have probably been going crazy. Not the clinical way to address that, but I think that a lot of founders and entrepreneurs understand that that feeling of being completely helpless and out of control, like when the world is just moving way too fast for you and you can't seem to catch up. My antidote for that 
building companies and building products was to focus in self-care. That was when I started to develop a lot of the methodologies that I use in Coach Around today. The, the primary one being the 80-20 rule. Like in, in marketing and sales, a lot of times we say 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients. So I started to look at this. And what I realized is that for every eight hours in a day, if I spent two hours in self-care, whether that was therapy or yoga or meditation or just eating a healthy meal or taking a walk, like spending quiet time with friends or family, that 80-20 rule got me through 10 years of really, really strenuous entrepreneurship. Wow. Wow. What well, you know, most business owners, we we do stress out tremendously and we do have mindset issues or issues related to just being burned out or whatever those things are but i don't think we acknowledge them like we just kind of just you know go through life and think this is the norm for one do you think that's a true statement and then two my backup question that would be how do we overcome that if that is true yes people ignore it and we have actually normalized it so mm. when we look at the, especially the entrepreneurship world and especially tech. I think tech worse than so many other industries. You hear things like kill it and crush it and all of these terms that when you, when you take a step back, we are talking about business using terms of war, of right. destruction, of zero sum, of if I win, you have to lose. And We've done this for long enough now where people have been, are aspiring to kill it and crush it. And it really sets us up for failure in the end. So how do we overcome it? I would say two ways. One, you either have to be proactive. You have to have a desire to be happy. You have to have a desire to be somewhat content and live a purposeful life. And without that desire, the second alternative, which I see probably more than the first, is that the pain begins to exceed the pleasure. So we end up in the hospital. We end up with divorces. We end up abusing substances. We do all of these things to mask the torment that we are putting ourselves through. And you know, I coach and I have coached and I'm coaching founders right now who have ended up laying on the floor of their office needing help from their wife to get up because they were working 20 hours a day. I've had people end up in the hospital. And finally, when the pain exceeds the pleasure, they're like, okay, I got to do something different. Who do I turn to? How do I do this? And it's a, it's a daunting task to walk into the world of self-care. Most people hit the gym first and they go to, they maybe eat better. But then when you walk into the world of like the mental health and emotional health, and then going as far as spirituality, like the path, it's, it's more of a maze than a straightforward path. And what I try and do is just help people find their way. So in terms of being successful as a business owner, an entrepreneur, and also being happy, you believe those worlds can collide. Is that correct? 100%. Yeah. And so how do you as a business owner, because you're so stressed and you've got all these things going on, how do you find, like, does someone reach out to you and go, hey, you know, I'm just not happy? Or do you think people know they're not happy? I mean, there, is there something, is it, is it just staring them in the face? Because a lot of times I'll, even within my own client base, is the stress is just overwhelming. And, you know, as I'm working with them, 
they're not they're not having fun what they're doing. It's just always a pain. It, yeah. And I mean, a physical pain or a mental pain, I should say, not a physical pain. What's your thoughts on that? Like, do they reach out to you and know they're not happy? Is that something you help them discover? That's sort of where the the pain has to exceed the pleasure. There, okay. usually people have hit a breaking point of some kind where they're like, "Wow, my life is out of control." Because what we find most of the time, it's it's like the old analogy or the old story with the the frog that's hanging out in the pot of like cool water, and you slowly turn up the heat and slowly turn up the heat, and we begin to normalize our pain and our suffering, and before we know it, like. Our bodies don't work anymore. We've gained 20 pounds. We're drinking a six pack a day. We're abusing substances. We take vacations. <laughs> this is my favorite is when, when my founders say, hey, I'm going to go take a vacation. I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to scuba dive and we're going to skydive and we're going to do all of these crazy things. And I'm like, oh, so you're really just going to continue getting the fix of dopamine that you got when you were at work. And then you're going to come back and you're going to be just as tired and worn out as when you left. I would tell you that this is, I don't want to go too far into the story, but everything, all of this is really just a story. Why we show up, why we work so hard is really a story. And we can choose to tell ourselves a different story if we want to, but it usually requires somebody to help us understand the story that we're telling ourselves right now and then be able to help us frame up a new story if we want to tell it. But we have to be willing to take the first step. Hmm. So are you saying, do you think a lot of us actually lie to ourselves? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you asked it rhetorically, but you can tell by my uh, my reaction <laughs> that yes, absolutely. And I am by no means perfect in the storytelling world. Sure. I have a coach myself. I have a coach. I work with therapists to help me understand the story that I'm telling. That I'll give you a really quick example. Like imagine... so. For my case, I can say this because I'm gay. It's going to be a little hard for you or your listeners. So let's say I've been dating this guy for like 10 years, head over heels in love. And he says, hey, like put on your nicest suit, meet me at the at this beautiful restaurant, 7 p.m. on Valentine's Day. And then you find this receipt that you're going to be married or that, that he bought a ring. So you're like, oh, yes, he's going to propose to me. Uh, and, and you get there and you're all excited and you're ready to go. You sit down at seven o'clock and you wait and you wait and you wait. And like after an hour, you wonder what's going on. You start calling and nobody answers. The phone's turned off and you're like, what the heck's going on? You never see this person again. He just disappeared. And the natural reaction, you were in love with this human being that now has abandoned or betrayed you. So you tell this story of abandonment and betrayal. And we begin telling it again and again and again to all of our friends and our family and all of these people. And it becomes a part of our story. And 10 years later, you're sitting there watching the news one night and 10 o'clock news pops up and you see a picture of your ex-boyfriend and it shows this picture and the, the host of the news says, and we just arrested Jeffrey Dahmer who found all of these like body parts in the freezer and in the crawl space. Now, for 10 years, you've been telling this story that you were abandoned and betrayed. And now that you have this one piece of information, you're like, holy crap, I didn't get abandoned and betrayed. My life was saved. The same exact set of events, 100% same set of events. But the only difference is the story that I was telling was one story was abandonment and betrayal and another story was my life was saved. 
It's all between our ears. We do the same thing every day with our business and with our coworkers and our employees and our co-founders and our spouses and everybody. Yeah. You know, I wasn't sure where you're going with that story. I got to be honest, but I get the point loud and clear. It was a good one. And it's true. It's, you know, the, what I thought is context too. Like when you have context of the situation, because we do that as business owners, we don't have context of our decision-making. And so we get so stressed out and we're not really looking at the picture from the right lens. So that's really powerful. So I want to ask you a question on this whole business owner, entrepreneur vein. What should a healthy relationship look like with your business? I mean, what should we be looking for? It's a great question. And I one of the exercises that I do with a lot of founders is I have them personify their business. So personify, like name your business. Don't call it the name of the company name. Give it a person's name. Give it a human name. And then say... How does this business make me feel? So imagine your best friend, the person that you're hanging out with. And oftentimes I also say about the voice in your head. Does the voice in your head speak positively to you? Or does the voice in your head like always nag on you and tell you that you're not good enough? And most of the time, the voice in our head is pretty angry. It's pretty negative. And if that was personified as a person, we would never want to hang out with that person. Same thing with your business. Imagine your business as a person. Would you want to hang out with them outside of work? Are they kind to you? Do they say nice things about you? Do they validate you? Because we create a relationship with our business. We, Frankly, we create a codependent relationship with our business to the point where we think that our business is demanding that we work 60 or 70 hours a week. We think that our business is demanding that we get up on Sunday mornings and answer support tickets. And those are all stories that we're telling. So imagine you're creating a relationship with this entity and is it supporting you or is it constantly bagging on you? And if it's bagging on you, then you need to begin working on a different story and a relationship with the business that you're running. Because you're the one running it. If your business is running you, then you have a thought problem. Right. That's a great point. So taking off of that a little bit, what are some common signs in terms of an unhealthy relationship with your business? I mean, I I think like one is probably being burned out, but what do those fall in in your mind? Yeah, I think that anytime uh, burnout is sort of the end of the line, burnouts when the pain has exceeded the pleasure, Prior to that, it begins affecting our personal relationships. So I'm spending more time with the business than I am, or more quality time with the business than I am with maybe my partner or my kids or my family. Again, substance abuse uh, is another big one. Sadly, there is really some statistics out there right now that say founders have two times the likelihood of depression, psychiatric hospitalization, suicidal thoughts, a mental health condition. We're three times more likely to abuse substances. We're six times more likely to have ADHD. And we are 10 times more likely to be diagnosed with bipolar. Now, whether this is the chicken or the egg, we don't really know. But all of those things, when you see your life changing, if you're putting on weight, if you're not eating healthy, if you're abusing uh, stimulants, caffeine, or other worse stimulants, that's the, the water getting warmer and warmer, and you're the frog sitting inside of it saying, ah, everything's fine. This is just what I have to do to make my business run. 
If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. That's the, the water getting warmer and warmer, and you're the frog sitting inside of it saying, eh, everything's fine. This is just what I have to do to make my business run. Yeah, that's great stuff. So a lot of times, and I'm even guilty of this, we tie in our self-worth to our net worth or how much money we make. How do you disconnect from that? Because that's a, I think a lot of business, times business owners, founders, we tie in that that self-worth to that. So that that's one of the primary goals of Founders Thriving. So I created a program last year called Founders Thriving. We took our first retreat to Nicaragua and we dropped nine entrepreneurs in the middle of the jungle for six days. Wow. And there's a lot of work that we did throughout that course, but it's really about decoupling net worth and self-worth and building a healthier relationship with your business. And we do that a lot of times through spreading out or distributing the self-worth across 10 different areas of your life. So as entrepreneurs, we tend to say, I am successful if my business is successful. And thereby, if my business fails, I am a failure. We put a, we, a lot of our self-worth in the financial and the career buckets. And you can begin spreading your self-worth across eight other different buckets. We have family, we have environment, social, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and what we begin doing is not only becoming aware of how much uh, self-worth we're putting in the career bucket, in the finance bucket, but then starting to build healthier relationships with the other buckets. And we do that a lot of times through experiments. So creating an experiment for yourself that says, how can I incorporate more play into my work life? So you can begin experimenting with a lot of cool different ways to cross-fulfill some of your self-worth. Yeah. So someone has an unhealthy work-life balance. They come to you 60, 70 hours a week. What are some tips that someone could apply maybe that would help them with their work-life balance or get them more focused around having better work-life balance? So one thing I, I want to try and shift a little bit is to Please. stop using work-life balance. So the concept of work-life balance has been around for 100 years. We have not figured it out yet. It's a zero-sum game. And the idea is my for my personal life to start, I have to stop working. And for founders and entrepreneurs and people with always-on connections to your phone, the likelihood of stopping working is pretty low. So right. the likelihood of starting your personal life is also pretty low in that case. So first of all, let go of the idea of work-life balance and focus more on work-life integration. Is there a way for you to do work sitting at the pool? <laughs> and I know that that, that sounds pretty easy, but because your work life doesn't really stop, you have to figure out better ways to integrate the two. Now, more tactical ways, shameless plug, but find a coach, find a therapist, find somebody that understands how entrepreneurs think and can help you see your behavior 
Outside of that, use the 80-20 rule. So eight hours of work, 20 hours or two hours rather of, of self-care. I like the 20 actually. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a lot. It'd be uh, a lot more fun for me as well. Um, and then there's usually a progression that happens. So first uh, people find themselves wanting to get healthy with their physical body. So you find yourself in the gym, you find yourself eating better. Then one day you're at the gym and you're listening to a podcast and you hear some something that somebody talks about happiness and you begin learning about how your mind works. So that's, you are now in the mental body. And sometimes that's journaling. Sometimes it's reading audiobooks, but you're learning about how to take care of yourself better. Then you're like, wait a second, this person just told me to stop eating sugar and I will feel better. So you try and stop eating sugar and you have a pretty strong reaction. You become really aggressive and angry or really short with your partner or your coworkers. And now you're having an emotional response. So you've now moved into the emotional body. Now is where a coach or a therapist usually comes in because when we get to start learning about how we function in the world, we usually have feelings and we don't often know how to deal very well with our feelings. We're not really taught how to do that very often as uh, children and especially as entrepreneurs. And then finally, the last piece of this, and I will tell you the key, the one key to becoming successful and happy at the same time is developing a spiritual life. And I want to be really, really clear that spiritual is not the same as religious. And my personal definition of spirituality is simply self-knowledge, understanding the self. We know that spiritual beings are 80% less likely to become addicted. They're 60% likely to take our own lives. And spiritual beings have more grit, resilience, perseverance, uh, sense of community, and creativity. So when we can become more knowledgeable about ourselves, and when we can get more deeply in touch with who we are as a, as a human being, the need or the requirements to becoming successful don't go away. They just decrease. So I need less to be successful. The less I need, the happier I become. What we try and do as Americans or Westerners in general is we continue trying to be happy getting more, getting more money, getting more experiences, getting more property, getting more customers. The less I need, the happier I will become. That's interesting. Is there, because I definitely fall into the more I have, not necessarily big ticket items, but just, you know, I'm a consumer typical American, that concept of having less is more in terms of happiness. Is there a conditioning phase that you your clients would have to go through to kind of see it from that angle? Or how does that happen? It happens automatically. Hmm. A large part of the spiritual process is really having experiences. So I try not to convince or teach anybody. That's why I give people experiments. Hey, go try this thing and see how it makes you feel. And with enough experience, you start to realize that you actually don't need as much to make you happy. What we have, what we essentially do, our brains are really fantastic at this. We take all of these discrete experiences or, or discrete acquisitions in some case. So when we're a little kid, we get a scoop of ice cream and it makes us happy. And Instead of getting a scoop of ice cream at the age of 30, we need to buy a house. 
So when we're five, a scoop of ice cream works. When we're 30, a house works. When we're 50, a second house or a boat or an RV or something like that works. What we're doing is we're really stitching together these individual discrete pieces of happiness. When one piece of happiness starts to decrease, we go out and find another piece and our brain stitch these things together and it makes us feel like we are happy. But it's all of these little individual pieces. When we can find happiness from the inside out, we do not have to stitch together outside things anymore to be happy. And there is a process that people go through where you come in and you get 100% of your happiness from the outside. And then as you start to learn about yourself, maybe 10% of your happiness comes from the inside and 90% comes from the outside. And you just slowly begin to shift from external to internal happiness. Because when you can make that shift, we have an unlimited amount of happiness that comes from the inside out. We just have to find it. Wow. Yeah, you have a great way of articulating things. It gets me to think deeper. A very fascinating discussion. So, hey, I have a couple more questions before we wrap up here. One question I love to ask everybody is just in terms of a business or a life tip, is there something you could share with us that we could apply in our day-to-day lives that might make us better? Well, the the rule of thumb, which I've mentioned twice, is the 80-20 rule. So eight hours a day of work, two hours a day of of self-care. Here's an analogy that I want to give you. If I hand you a box full of a million dollars, most of the time, including myself, I would become happier having been given a box of a million dollars. There is no happiness in the money. There's no happiness in those paper dollars. There's no happiness in the box. So why does the box make us happy? It is a cessation of craving. So the two primary reasons for my suffering, my unhappiness in life, is craving and aversion. So if I can learn to crave less, if I can learn to be present in the moment that I am in and be okay with exactly where I'm at in the moment, I will not suffer. So I would tell you that the path is wiser than the traveler. So if you hear this podcast and you're saying, this sounds interesting to me, then it might be time for you to step on the path. I would also tell you, you are perfect and you're right on time. Trust the universe. That is probably the one thing that I work with more than anything else with the entrepreneurs that I work with is if you can just trust that the universe is looking out for you, it doesn't require you to do nearly as much effort. That's great. So I'll put it in the show notes. Your website is gvfreeman.com. And I know on your website, you have an entrepreneur self-care toolkit Mm -hmm. that they can get at gvfreeman.com. And there's a whole link to it. So I'll be sure to include that. Now, is there... I do have one other question before I ask you uh, any other contact info, but in terms of your ideal client, is it generally entrepreneurs, founders? Is it in the tech world or is it just, is any criteria of an entrepreneur and founder in your realm? Yeah. So I would say that entrepreneurs, founders, and executives, typically owners, operators that, you know, oftentimes folks are in the $1 million to $10 million range. I have the majority of my experience in tech. So I can also become somewhat of a consultant uh, for a lot of uh, my folks, but I got people in real estate. I have people in construction. We've got folks with all different types of experience, men, women. Honestly, I coach 
more women than I do men, honestly, <laughs> oddly enough. But uh, really, it's anybody who wants to find some better work-life integration. Yeah, I love that. So other than gvfreeman.com, is there anywhere else you'd like people to reach out to you if they want to contact you or talk with you? Yeah, if, you, if you're interested in doing deeper work, we have two excursions this year, two experiences, one to Nicaragua uh, and one to Peru. And if you want to actually do some really deep work and come in and learn about yourself, go to founderthriving.com and you can apply to go on one of our experiences there. Awesome. I'll include founderthriving.com in my show notes. Hey, GV, it's awesome. It was awesome having you on the show. I love your your thought process and the things you have to share. So maybe in the future, if you'd love, if you'd be interested, I'd love to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. I had a great time. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, man. Have a great day and I'll talk with you soon. Sounds good. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.